Anchor. You can just submit things on there now. So they can go to Anchor and submit stuff to us? They can submit stuff to us, and we can respond to it. Uh, and it's free. It costs nothing, which is pretty sick. Uh, because before, we were just dumping money into a site that would, you know, hold it ransom. I literally had to pay a different site. I had to pay to get in to download our stuff to put it on Anchor. Really? Yeah, I had to pay uh, like $15 because I let it expire to just get our stuff off and put it up on Anchor. And Anchor will never do that. So, all right. Yeah, we just get it all the time. Do you, do you have the app on there? Can we respond through the app? Yeah, you can download the app. You can respond to the things through there. You can edit your podcast through there. You can like you can record it so you can take it to your friend's house and just record it through your phone and post huh. it instantly. And and anyone that eventually chooses to contact us can contact us through there too. So that's Yeah, you can contact us through there. I like that you can uh it, you just put it on there and it puts it on like Spotify and iTunes and Google for you. I don't know. It's made it a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. We were, how many hours a week were you putting into like making sure everything got published before? Do you, do you remember? Um, I mean, not a lot of time, but enough time that it's, you know, it's nice having anchor because it's just easier. Okay. See, and this is a switch that I was told about last time, but I, I didn't know that uh, we could communicate with an actual fan base through it. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, and there's advertisements. Yeah. Don't forget about that. You don't even have to have any listeners. So. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth. God. All right, man. Well, here it is. Yeah. There's no difference. That's the weirdest thing. Like, when you turn it on, you, like, expect, you you feel like you have to do something. Yeah. Well, um, we decided to venture out and do our own co-hosted thing. I had a lot of fun last weekend on Caden's podcast, so... Uh, we decided to sh- start up uh, Cheap Shot Discussions. Cheap Shot Discussions. That's it. <laughs> We're going to sit here and talk about different things. Like We've already been brainstorming, like throwing back articles and ideas and, and jotting down topics. So I yeah. think this will be good to have a little more structure because mine's kind of chaotic and all over the place. Yeah, I unfortunately left the list at my house. but That's okay. Uh, ro- today can robots. be off the cough. We were kind of talking about robots and ai yeah and fahrenheit 451 i didn't get to finish that's because you got drunk and let me start fucking around on your tinder yeah i know (laughs) i know and that led to other things and that leads down this big rabbit hole that just made me realize i probably shouldn't have been drinking in the first place (laughs) that's Yeah. yeah that was a yeah, so the consequences. I'll just say that. But yeah. yeah, go ahead and explain what happened. Okay, so uh this guy's over at my house yesterday, Caden and I are hanging out, um, trying to spit some ball some ideas back and forth for this podcast and uh crack open a bottle of whiskey before we know it, that bottle's like eighty percent gone. And uh Caden's We were o- sipping it by the way too. We weren't even like yeah. shooting it we were just sipping on it yeah yeah like like grown men and 
uh, Caden just hands me over his phone and he's like, look at all these women on, on Tinder. And I was like, you know, you can double your chances if you get onto Grinder, right? And, and I didn't appreciate that joke one bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, long story short, he, he tells me, you can say whatever you want to these people. And he hands me his phone. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you ready for the demented mind that is Dallas Weaver? And he said, yeah, go ahead. I don't give a fuck. So we're scrolling through. And uh, this one person, one one girl sent him a message that said, Film us, that's all. And so I responded with, what, like snuff films? Because if so, I'm down for it. We have yet to hear back from this woman. Yeah, she hasn't messaged back. <laughs> I don't know what the red flag was there at all. And but, uh, I guess there's also a girl that you've been kind of seeing off and okay, on. Okay, yeah. Let me just say this right now. That was the biggest mistake of me drinking because I always get myself into a, a shit pile like this and then I wake up I, my and my mentality so dumb behind it because I'm like oh yeah I I can uh I'll, I'll, I can get myself it's like I, I don't even know what what my ideology behind any of it was like just get, it started the tinder it, made it, the it, tinder makes sense let me tell you something about tinder <sighs> tinder is a bunch of for the most part like degenerate people like they're they're not even like they're gross. Like some of the things they first send you, like she sent that first. Film us, that's it. Yeah. Like that's Well, that's why you got to up the game, you know? Yeah. Kind of like uh what Sean Connery said in the um, Untouchables, they send one of your to the ho- one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's you, true. You you just got to keep up in the ante. It's like playing chicken, you know? Someone's going to back down eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, then it perpetuated into me going into my Snapchat and then letting you send messages there. <laughs> and yeah, that got me into just a big shit pile. Yeah. That but you know what? That's okay. These are all his consequences. These are my, yeah. They, yeah. I you mean, have no, like, it's just I don't give a for shit. you. It's yeah. Just, it's it's just, fun for me. Yeah, it's fun for you. I have to deal with the... The, the, the fallout? Yeah, the fallout of it. Yeah, so uh, the Snapchat thing... Uh, was there two women in Snapchat that I messaged on your behalf, or was it just one? I hope not. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I sure hope um, not. Uh, so. But the first one, yeah, you yeah. mess. What did you say? You said like, I told, I had told you that I haven't talked to her in a while. Yeah, and, and you the, said that she went dark on you after a few dates, and I was like, well, fuck that. And so, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I. I asked her why she wasn't talking, like if she had had a stroke or something. Yeah, I thought, you know, I was like giving it to Dallas will be like, it'll mix it up. It'll mix it up. He's got a way of being very blunt and, and to the point, and maybe he'll say something witty. So I give it to him. That's my mentality behind it. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy, dude. Was I, I, I was witty. Um, it was witty, but very, okay, it was, I th- let, me, let me try to remember it here, because it's on Snapchat, and Snapchat, they disappear. I think it was something along the lines of, uh, something about why'd you go mute all of a sudden? Did you have a stroke or something? <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Did you have a stroke or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you heard back from her today, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. Yeah, yeah, man. I guess so. But let me say this. What I are you gonna say? 
I don't know. Use dude. your words, man. I don't know. I'm keeping my phone Are you in my having a, stro- a stroke now? I might be having a stroke, <laughs> dude, from this whole situation. <laughs> and then uh, who was the other girl I messaged on your behalf? Which uh, which service was she on? Was it Snapchat or Tinder? Uh, the I, last one. I believe you only messaged. No, the squat, the squats. Oh, yeah, the squats? yeah, yeah, on Tinder. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just hoes be hoeing out there. Yeah. So, so um, she posts, like, all pictures of her ass, and that's it. And um, Caden started a conversation with her that said, like, it looked like she did, did squats or whatever, and she just sent back, like, LOL, haha. And I, so last night when I had his phone, I asked her for the end game results of her, her squatting practice. She's yet to get back to you on that either. Yeah. But I think, yeah. She, I think she'll be more than happy to when she sees it. She just seems like that type. <laughs> the tender type. There's a distinct type. Like Snapchat is upper class. Like you add someone on Snapchat, you t- you t- you take that Tinder pool is like just a cesspool of well, just. Well, t- Tinder's better than Plenty of Fish. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. Is that like? Uh, That's neat? the bottom of the barrel, man. That's scraping the sea floor right there. Is it? Yeah, bottom feeders. Yeah, I have no idea what that <laughs> is. That's like Meet Me, probably from back in high school. That's what that was the thing. Worse. Back in, worse than that. Yeah. Later, you'll have to get on plenty of fish. You guys will Wait, not why? be why disappointed. Oh, just to go see. check it out? Yeah. Okay. It's like the Walmart, like people of Walmart website, but for like dating profiles. Oh. It's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think dating websites are ruining freaking the ability to, for, for people to even have meaningful like relationships or conversations. Because I have a really meaningful relationship with my hand. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to worry. You know, that's the one thing you can always do. Yeah. Someone's mad at you. And never says no. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> mad at you. You rub one out. It's the champagne of victory. Even if they're not mad at you, you know, it could just be Tuesday. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So. The. <coughs> The way we came about this is uh, our approach was going to be just to talk about random um, stuff. And I was like, well, that's not that's not good enough. Um, So we did some brainstorming last night. I think the best thing that we could talk about right now is um, AI and robots in in uh, the job place. Yeah, that that banter just now was just us letting you hear kind of what our lives are outside of this thing. But yeah, I th- I think the AI stuff's really interesting. I'm reading all this new stuff. Like I've read something about Bezos, and there's six thousand workers begging to stop automation in oil drilling. I think because they're switching all the robots. Amazon fulfillment centers all switching to robots. All of these different there's like AI could very well shift our entire culture but people don't see the big picture with ai they just kind of think of it as like a little cool assistant or whatever but we're feeding into something that's gonna happen eventually well as far as the amazon thing i want you to take into some consideration like yeah people are losing their jobs but you know what the um human cost is of a prime delivery i don't 
So those warehouses are staffed 24/7 for because of um, Prime, okay? And before the robots were put in to this warehouse, mm-hmm. you would hit that purchase button, and it's like guaranteed next day delivery. Yeah. Somebody would have to like run their ass off in this four acre warehouse, right? Grab that item for you, whether it be fifty pounds, two pounds, a hundred and fifty pounds, whatever it is, and then like load it up and like as fast as possible and get it off. Those the the I I heard somebody interviewed that worked at an Amazon warehouse that they don't even sit down when they're on the clock. Because yeah. they're just like they just have to like go, continuously. Go, 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 go. So many people buy on Prime that th- they're just constantly running from one aisle to the, n- yeah, to the other. Yeah, that's a, that is a fair point, and I think Walmart addressed it really good in a sense that when they move over to automation, having robots stock the shelves, they want to transform their employees' job to be more customer based, like life interaction. Uh, which would be interesting because we got to find jobs for all these people. I, to do. I'm not sure I want that from Walmart. Yeah, I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's uh, we're eventually gonna have all of these workers with no jobs, and if it happens as fast as they say it's going to happen, we're going to have drastic increase, I think, in drug abuse, drug overdose, um, poverty. Like, just out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people are going to see it coming. Yeah. Um, well. Because like you said, I mean, employees are expensive, too. Like, if you can eliminate employees and then just have all these automation systems do it and not have to pay them at all. Yeah. Um, and, and you keep your business running 24-7 without stop. So, in a capitalist market, when you want to... Uh, create product and get product out there just tons of it yeah that's the way to go right that's why car companies are the way they are right yeah this is very interesting um like with automation in driving as well like all of these different and it's it's being built faster than people realize like because we're feeding into the data like we're, we're providing all of this data like ai google's ai is now able to predict when somebody is going to die within like five minutes by taking into account all of these analytical um different traits over time uh all these different things that are taking into account but it's a it's like super computer intelligence so it's mm-hmm. able to instantly put all of this data and make connections that humans would take years to normally make. So now they're making all of these breakthroughs in technology. They made uh, a medical team in Japan made synthetic skin that's able to, they, mm-hmm. they can put it over the robots. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that, but I do know that there is a synthetic type of skin that they create for burn patients. Yeah. Yeah, so this company developed this, uh, or these this group of scientists developed a self-healing skin, very similar to like jellyfish matter, I think is what it was saying. So it's like Terminator. Yeah, 
So it's like Terminator. Well, they can put it. The idea is that they can put it over the robots underwater to do like underwater welding and stuff. And to repair the robots, they can use this skin as like a repair mechanism for the robots. It's a precursor to Terminator. Yeah. I mean, like that. But no one sees it. Everyone wants to just believe that we're going to stay in this kind of bland era. Like, there's always been eras, the 60s, 70s, 80s. And now technology's in the mix. And even you've seen it the past 10 years difference in technology is night and day yeah so what happens 10 years from now fahrenheit 451 <laughs> i don't know uh if that were the if that were the case i'd be i'd probably be one of the one uh quote unquote eels um the resistance people but uh, let me ask you this when it comes to AI and uh, technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your job currently right now is at risk for being automated? I do. Uh, the only reason is because with Google's – how Google does theirs, they, it's called DeepMind. They have this – this uh, Alphabet owns a company called DeepMind. Alphabet owns Google. Alphabet owns all of these different companies, and they're all AI-based companies, all of them. And what they do is – with Google especially, they're collecting all of our data, all of our information, mm-hmm. where we go, how we do it. Uh, uh, how long we spend there. How long we spend there. All of these things are taken into account. And if you look at each of these cell phones that we're feeding data through, because like, hundreds of interactions, notifications are coming through our phones, and now compare that cell phone to like a, a, a neural network, like a brain, like mm-hmm. neurons firing in between each other. That's exactly what they're building. They're collecting this information. And people are saying, well, you know, humans have to build AI. Humans have to build AI. But humans are programmed from inception. All, all our thoughts that we ever have are data we collect, and then we make neurological, uh, like we, we create neural pathways to information we have. Google's deep mind is able to create neural pathways on its own. So... Elon Musk has been talking about this for a while. If Google decides to, they can flip a switch, add a line of code, and take all of the information from Google that they've collected about us and put it to this deep mind server, which will theoretically be way smarter than we ever could be because it's everyone combined. It's everyone, everyone's thought process combined. So my next question is, uh, to go further down this rabbit hole, um, do you see any benefit in it or are you just scared of it? Um, I, I see tremendous benefit in it. I think it has the ability to solve problems. We've never like, I think it'll be able to solve space travel. I think it will be able to make all of these scientific breakthroughs, but I think there's not enough people concerned about the bad side, like nobody, because the people at the very top, all the Google guys are, are, uh, engineers like they're they're scientists and if you look at any hit any point in history like all of the not like head nazis and everything the evil parts from like they have evil scientists they have like mad scientists there's some sort of well yeah i mean there's going to be somebody out there that like takes concepts and runs a completely different like non-therapeutic direction with it right like you're gonna have that so, yeah. but for me, it comes down to risk versus reward. I mean, we're, we're killing this planet fairly rapidly. 
Yes. Um, we're consuming up a lot of our natural resources. Water quality is terrible. I Air quality. Know. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, like, I have kids. I don't know what, what kind of world it's going to look like f for them. So if we can solve the space travel and colonization dilemma, yeah, that's a huge benefit. Sure. But that is it. The, the, the biggest concern I have is that the head futurist, that's his name. He's like the chief futurist at Google. His whole thing is like making predictions into the future. And he's been right several times throughout the 90s and up till now. And he's saying by 2030, maybe 2035, we'll be at a position where AI will be so strong that we'll, we'll basically cho have to choose to merge with it or not, or be left behind. And that's that's what worries me more than anything is merging with it because that is that's that orwellian state the, like the borg off of star trek yeah like elon musk working on a company to put a chip behind your ear you know to interface with 5g and 5g is going to be a big thing too that's going to be all over the place i watched the full fcc thing today it was like 45 minutes long of them talking about rolling out 5g and essentially that 5G is going to cover everywhere. There's not going to be a dead zone in the United States. There will not be one dead zone. So that paves the way for infrastructure for these robots to communicate in real time. When I say robots, AI will be able to communicate in real time. Like we've, we'll solve the issue. Yeah, so I think the other thing is is you have to distinguish between your, your fear of AI and your fear of automation, because in my mind, those are two completely separate things. Um, AI is artificial intelligence, right? It's it's a program or system that is capable of learning more than it was programmed to know in the first place. Yep. Art uh, um, automation mm -hmm. is just like a simple thing that's been programmed to like repeat itself over and over again, like a robot building a car. Right, right, right. Um, I'm saying it's getting to the point now where automation and AI are starting to combine. For example, Google has this product called, um, oh, what, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but basically what it will do is if I say, Google call, order me this pizza. And they're like, okay, what do you want on the pizza? And you tell them and you're like, okay, do you want to send it to this address? Yes. It's like, got it. Even if that company doesn't support like online orders, the fucking assistant will call the pizza restaurant and be like, hi, I need to place an order for Dallas. And they've programmed even speech intonation, mood. Um, the chief futurist is saying by the time 2030 comes around, the Google Homes will be able to detect your mood based on the, the vibrational patterns in your voice hmm. and then be able to accommodate you by not showing you certain news or like giving you certain recommendations based on how you feel right then so that they interesting they almost have a way to track how we feel now um, but the automation like i said it'll call it's programmed in to go uh um like have the little speech and like the hesitation yeah to sound more real and the the google video that they've shown off basically they call into a hair stylist and the assistant's like i need to make an appointment for a client at uh 3 p.m tomorrow and uh, 
Yeah, and then they have a conversation, and it doesn't sound like a robot anymore. Yeah. So if if you're able to, you know, get rid of, and let's talk about like retail too. If Amazon keeps sucking up twenty percent e-commerce sales every year, um, in the next four years, it's set to be thirty percent of all stores and in, in malls are closing. Uh, that's wow. The, that's the projection. So all those retail workers, you know, where do they go? All the storefronts, yeah. Um, so I think automation and AI combined is, is what I'm worried about. Cause we're going to have a disposition of like a huge amount of people out of work. And it's so, like, what do you do? Like other than the unemployment problem, um, is there anything else you're concerned about? Or are you like concerned about like some sort of matrix scenario happening? I'm or? more concerned that when this automation happens and if people are out of work, it's going to increase drug problems. It's going to. It's just going to increase uh, poverty rate. I think. Um, I I believe you're correct in that. Um, I actually uh, watched a thing with John Oliver. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget what the guy's name. Uh, last name is R O L F E. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about like how basically humans are a commodity, and uh, the further you can drive down the the poorest of like of us like to be more poor than they already are mm -hmm. the more wealth there is to spread up the ladder right so it's like reverse Reaganomics. trickle up yeah trickle up yeah it's reverse reaganomics but um i can see the concern there at the same time what can we do yeah i um, think mostly is I think capitalism is awesome. I think it's the best system that there could possibly ever be. But I think that we could implement changes that like Bezos is. That's the Amazon guy, right? Yes. He does have these big ambitions and he's a visionary and he says he wants to create this blue origin, which is the, his space company to colonize space, not move to Mars. He's like, he makes fun of the idea of going to Mars. He's like, you ever been on top of Mount Everest? Mars is way worse than that. And well, okay. but his idea is <laughs> maybe moving all of the industrial, all of the warehouses, all of the stuff that puts off pollution, move into that space. into space and then repair our planet. That's not a bad idea either. He's like, "Why move planets? We've we've had NASA probe thousands of planets." He's like, this is the best one. Don't you think we should start to take care of it a little bit more? I agree with that. So he has very big visionary uh, things, but at the same time, when I read, he, you know, make made three billion dollars overnight from a one percent stock bump or whatever. Like th that's something to me where it says, yes, anyone can get there, but he's he's cutting into a significant chunk of he's going to put people out of business like he already has yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely that's a very good point he already has but i mean even retail retail is not what it used to be and i think that diminishes a uh, sense of community when these when these big companies get the way they are okay so just for the sake of playing uh, devil's advocate here yeah uh i understand the concern mm-hmm but isn't it just as feasible to teach these people other skills for other work that needs to be done? 
because, I mean, we have a population that's living long, longer and getting larger. Right. Why not take all of those retail people that are I, – I know school is expensive. Yep. But if you could create like some sort of lay, lay – I was laid off program for um, like uh, vocational skills. Yeah. And just turn around and like give these people like a vocational skill education at half the regular cost, then you at least eliminate some of that problem. Yeah. So like send them into healthcare as a bunch of healthcare aides or you know EMTs, firefighters. We need like we constantly need more of that. Right. So the um yeah that yeah that's a good point. Um, the biggest. The biggest thing, I'm talking long-term here. I'm not talking short-term. I don't think coders are going to be necessary in the future because I think— Well, if you're talking long-term, yeah. Mike Lee's solution is babies. Have more babies. Have more babies? Yeah. Yeah. That That's our representative here in Utah. He is an absolute disgrace to humankind. I don't follow him. Wait, who, what's his name? Mike Lee. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Just— Pull up his most recent. We're comment. on the state watch list now, but that's fine. <laughs> and fuck you, Highway Patrol. I hate you guys. You guys can <laughs> sniff. The, you guys can sniff the tip of my dick. I hate you guys so much. Anyways, not not over that yet, huh? No, I'm not. Okay. Anyways, yeah, yeah, my yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is that there. I wish there were more people that were thinking ten years into the future instead of just thinking about capitalistic gain right now i I do think there are people out there that that are yeah the the problem that you have okay is uh how much influence and sway do those people have over over the country or over the the world as a whole yeah when you're talking about a, a a group of individuals that control a large portion of the economy mm -hmm. and they have their own individual goals. Like, I'm not saying Elon Musk is a bad guy, but he has a fuck ton of money. Like, he probably wipes his ass with $1,000 bills, you know? Like, yeah. he, he's got a lot of fucking money. Billions, yeah. And the SpaceX thing, I think he's trying to do some good with that money. Mm -hmm. But if he weren't like that, and think of how many other billionaires there are out there yeah. that don't think like him. Right. You know? And then there's a bunch of middle class or lower class people, working class people mm -hmm. out here, uh, and and they see these issues. It's not that the these rich, powerful people don't see the issues either. It's just that they don't care. Yeah, that's a good point. Because um, everyone wants to improve their 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 station and situation in life, right? Regardless of who you are. Um. But when you're at the top and part of the elite and you see that flood coming and you have a Noah's Ark plan already figured yeah. out, yeah. fuck everybody else. You know, yeah. like you don't have to worry about – like you're not going down with the ship. Mm -hmm. You know, you, so it, it's really up to people to organize in a significant way not like small protests and and stuff like that like really organize in a significant a significant way if you want to harm 
the companies that are doing this, yes, you need to stop using them. Right. And if you stop using them, like you as an individual, doesn't matter if you stop using a service. Yes. When you get 40, 50 million people to do that, that's when people start to take notice of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think primarily what we need is large education reform. Largely, I think empowering individuals to believe that they can achieve anything is not taught on purpose because we're we're living in a an old schooling system that is constructed to make you a, a loyal worker. Yeah. And and I think if the education philosophy changed to be empowering, kind of like how F- Finland I think did, uh you see a drastic increase in productivity and and quality of living because people find more fulfillment that way. Yeah, and I think uh innovation needs to be looked at and rewarded on a higher level too, especially with students. Yeah. Um you know, I I don't know if the headlines are true or not, but you always hear about like some super smart high school kid figuring out some way to clean up the ocean like really easily or make like tons of vaccines yeah. or something and they make 50 million bucks or something. Yeah, and well, not even that, like you hear about these kids and they're like a blip on the in the newspaper or on on a news website and then the next day they're gone and you like you don't hear hear anything else about the work that they've done yeah um there needs like that stuff needs to be more published and re- well rewarded in society yeah we like to like uh, I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast Kevin Hart was on there and they were talking about how just people hate they hate they love to hate they it's just in our nature like in the media we just us versus them yeah yep and uh yeah it's very interesting it's very very strange but no i think ai will be good in a lot of a lot of ways um but again it comes it comes back to I think it will get to a point where they will want, like people will be willing to give up their physical body to be reprogrammed into a robot. I think we will get, I think. I had a friend of mine talk about this uh, five or six years ago. Yeah. And look what's like, we're almost there. Consciousness will be able to be transferred. Mark my words. There's people right now. I get laughed at at work for saying some of this stuff, but mark my words within the next 20. How do deaf people laugh? No, in my so I li- <laughs> <laughs> they said they actually still do laugh. They just can't regulate their laughter, so it just sounds off. Uh, but yeah, I I didn't say like they couldn't. I was just asking how. So you answered my question, kind of. Yeah, I'm sure if I tried to replicate how they laugh, that wouldn't go over well for me. That's another one of those mistakes that I can. You know, my filter. See, Should when I'm not... butter you up well, a little bit? No, don't butter me up at all, because when I'm sober, I can make smart decisions. I can say... That's probably a bad idea. 
Speaking of hate, what personality traits do you hate in people? Personality traits? Yeah. Ooh, man. Um, uh, personality tra- I would say, obviously, like, blatantly negative. Okay. Somebody who's blatantly, for obvious reasons. I mean. So, like, cynicism? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've always kind of been an optimist person, so I guess I don't really get along with I, I get along with realists really well but like people that are skeptic or always have reservations those the, i i don't like that trait what type of reservations are we talking about just in general or like yeah, a just, specific type like no. undecisive no i don't know i'm seeing a lot of reservation in you right now does that mean you hate yourself no <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing to my head? Um, no, but traits, personality traits that I can't stand. Um, I don't know, man. You tell me one. For me? Yeah. Um, I, it's going to sound like a cliche, but uh, really pride. Really? Pride is one thing. Um, like, I have so many examples of people that are just like, really prideful that i have zero respect for as a human mm-hmm. um anderson silva he could kick my ass i'm not denying that yeah but the fact that he doesn't show the other fighters in the ring with him mm-hmm. any respect yeah. at all uh really irks me because those other fighters had to go through a myriad of challenges just to get to the level to be able to face him and he doesn't respect it Right. And people might say it's, oh, it's just a mind game. It's just like he's just trying to mess with their head a little bit. I don't give a fuck, dude. You need to at least respect your opponent. Right. Because, like, when he busted his leg on that kick a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I was the happiest man on the planet because I felt like he finally got, like, karma finally fucking caught up to him. Yeah. Um, So what makes him different from a guy like Conor McGregor, do you think? Nothing. Really? Same same thing? Same thing. Conor McGregor's also can kick my ass. I'm not going to deny that. I'm pudgy. I I don't move fast, but... Well, you carry. That's a different story. Yeah, well, true, but, like, just not having respect for another person's skill, even if they, they aren't better than you, the fact that they're facing you one-on-one yeah. shows that you they've gone through enough to at least be on your level in the eyes of the community yeah yeah, that, yeah. and when you dismiss that that is a huge thing that i don't like yeah humility is that's that's a huge one that i want even though like you, even though people may perceive parts of me to be narcissistic I very much not, but true narcissism, like narcissistic pride is kind of disgusting, especially when it's true down like to its root. Like you can tell that's how the person is mm-hmm. um, because, you know, in the end, like people do put in work and those guys are athletes, all of them. Anyone who, who fights in the UFC is an athlete. And for that alone, they, they deserve like a blanket of respect. Like yeah. you should, you should look at it like a, a, brotherhood in a way like it shouldn't be as focused on 
grudges and everything, but more so who's the better fighter and let's be good sports about it. Yeah. Like that's the culture that needs to be promoted. But again, I think it's because we're stuck in the loop of the negativity. So people are just going to keep looping that. Yeah. And it's up to us as a society to try to shift that and change that where we can. Absolutely. Another trait that I don't like in people, um, other than pride is probably um, when when somebody truly has hate, uh, like truly has hate, you right. know, that's something that this is America, and I'll let them within reason get away with whatever they want to do as long as they're not hurting me or somebody else. But when you can really look at somebody and not like them just for the sake of not liking them because you have hate in your heart because somebody did uh, like your second grade math teacher was hispanic and he failed you and now like fuck all hispanics that's that's not an attractive quality in a person either um so i don't i mean there is no one specific right way to have a personality build but i have a mother who's uh not bipolar but um has uh what do you call it um borderline personality disorder okay and um she's my mom nothing's gonna change that you know uh but one thing that i don't like is she she's really manipulative with people's emotions and um in her mind Everything's going great for her and bad for everyone else mm-hmm. or great for everyone else and bad for her. Gotcha. And um, if it's bad for her, then, like, God help us all because, like, she – she, I've literally seen her cut people out of her life um, over a small argument. Uh, and, like, these were people that she knew for 30-plus years. You know, she went to middle school with some of these people. Yeah. And they had a small – argument and now she hasn't talked to him in 10 years wow like just done dead to her and that that's the kind of hate i'm talking about you know when you just have that kind of visceral hate for somebody that's not attractive you know somebody's got to be willing to extend the olive branch and some people have tried with my mother and she just continues to hate them but is she in her own like she's not self-aware of this I or, think that depends on the day. So she can be. She can be self-aware. Yeah, so so one thing that happens with her is um, uh, it, it's a really anxiety-driven problem. Okay. Uh, she works herself up into this like really bad anxiety, starts having panic attacks. Her heart rate gets way, way, way up there. And um, then she either starts looking for stuff to prove her her side or um something to disprove it and calm her down and it's just a cycle that happens like that let me ask you this does she spend a lot of time on social media no really 
Okay. No. She's been this way my whole life. Okay. Um, and so a few years, years ago, she went and finally saw a doctor and talked to this doctor about her anxiety attacks and was relatively open about her symptoms. And like, he, he was like, you know, you definitely have an anxiety disorder, probably borderline personality disorder as well. Since then, we've figured out that she does have that. Mm-hmm. Um, got put on medication and she'll take the medication for like a couple months and be like, Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling better. And like, stop taking it. Like it's like, like she's cured. Right. And, and then within like three or four weeks, it's back to ground zero. And she's like doing the same behavior, like wringing her hands over everything. You know, uh, when I was a kid, she used to wake us up in the middle of the night, my brother and I, and put us in the back of the car so she could go do drive-bys on her boyfriend's houses because she didn't trust them. Interesting. So, and, it, like, she still does stuff like that to this day whenever she's not on her medication. Okay. And, she, like, when she's on her medication, she's aware that that is not normal behavior. But when she's not on her medication, it's like the anxiety is too much for her not to do something about it. To, like, impulsive. Yeah, super impulsive. That's, yeah. I mean, like, she she told me, I think, last week that she she feels great and she's off her meds again, you know? And today she called me and said, I want you to design a tattoo for me. This is a woman that wanted to kick my ass for getting a tattoo. Yeah. Like, three years ago, when I was 27. <laughs> yeah. I was a grown-ass man. I got a tattoo. She wanted to kick my ass over it. Now she's asking me to design her one. And it's because she's off her meds. Yeah. Yeah. How long? How many times has she like cycled on, off, on, off? Uh, it's like it's too many to count at this point. I think it's about three times a year. Wow. It, it, it rotates. The thing is, too, like, I mean, in the end, it's your mom. So I mean, exactly. It's, like, if I had a choice in the matter, I would stop interacting with her. Yeah, but but even like it's she it's like not making like if my mom was in that situation for example it's like she's not making the connection that if you do not do this there are other means to get you to do this yeah like in like putting putting them in a place right and that's no one wants that obviously but it's in the best interest sometimes when when somebody can't look out for themselves in that way yeah and so my situation's a little unique with that maybe not as unique as i think um i don't know what everyone's story is around the country or the world but uh you know i i don't have that kind of money so i just got to roll with the punches you know as they come right and uh last year she started going through a divorce with my stepdad. They'd been married for a little over 10 years. Um, and like, as soon as like he said that he wanted a divorce, she, I know divorces are hard, but like she went to a whole nother level. I think, um, she was already unemployed at the time made zero attempt to make herself financially stable in the in the moment 
and uh, is currently still unemployed and planning on buying a camper and living at like uh like living in the camper and just like you know like moving around the state yeah in a camper um and hopefully selling real estate and it's like that doesn't sound like a good idea to most grown people yeah you know that's that's something that a 19 year old cock can cox when they're out of high school and they're like well what should i do i guess i'll get a real estate license that takes about six months yeah that's interesting though because a lot of what you just described reminds me of myself when i don't take my medication really yeah because i cycled on and off on and off for the longest time and i would be like yeah i feel better and then i get off and i just go into this rut but i would make impulsive and just borderline like dumb decisions right kind of like the impulsive thing we did with like snapchat how i had you it would be like that with everything. And alcohol really triggers that, I think, for me. But yeah. um, on the medication, I'm able to consciously be aware like, oh, I, I make these impulsive decisions. And a lot of what I, through meditation and like really thinking about it, it came from OCD more than anything. Yeah, yeah. And OCD is an anxiety-related disorder. Yeah. So... um my mom i don't know if she's got any ocd going on but she definitely is not well and doesn't take care of herself mentally the way she should and it it if it, it affects it's like a it's a bomb it affects everything um in my life i'm the only child that lives within even a thousand miles of of her um yeah. i actually live within like 60 miles but uh because of that all of this over the last year has come down on my shoulders and that's created an issue for my wife and i yes because my my mom was left without a place to live and my wife uh was like i don't want her living with us and i'm like i okay well what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah put you in a like, yeah, it creates more stress than than yeah. just in her world. Yeah. Like it and does move across. Yeah. yeah, and um for me it got really dark there for a minute because sorry to bring everyone down right now, but this is kind of what it's going to be like. Uh hopefully it'll be a little more uh metered and planned out on the next one. No, people honestly people like this. Um but about three or four months ago, everything came to a head for me, okay? I, I have PTSD from um, my deployment. Uh, I was in the process of buying a new house, um, trying to complete my prerequisites for nursing school after I had already been accepted into the nursing program. Mm -hmm. So I was doing about... 70 hours of studying a week right. on top of looking at houses, putting an offer in on a house, dealing with my mom's shit. Uh, I, I got really close to killing myself back in January. Yeah. Um, maybe late December. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, I, I reached out and I got help with the, the VA. Um, but 
yeah, like I had a I had a plan um, and everything, and that may be hard for some people to hear, but it it's the God's honest truth, you know, like the instability of one person in my life compounded with the other stressors I had going on was enough that like it tipped me over the edge. I almost had to be hospitalized. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, little things can compound over time. And like, it's, I mean, I would assume with everybody, it gets to a point where like people can only take so much emotionally, like no matter how hardened you are, yeah. Like no matter like the true the Yeah, it it you get to this tip you can get to this tipping point with ev with anything. Yeah. And uh like yeah, it's very good that you reached out like you had the self awareness that you wanted to help. Yeah, I mean it was it was hard for me to to do. I mean no one wants to admit that their mind goes goes to places like that but it does happen but that just reinforces a trait you said you don't like is pride and you lived you like you proved that you put your pride aside and went in yeah and that's that's a war that's a warrior trait right there is swallowing your pride well it, it it's not just um it, it's not just pride you know it's like uh there's a whole lot that goes into that discussion a lot of people even if they are thinking about it, they're uncomfortable talking about it because they know it makes other people uncomfortable. Sure. You know, uh, and that is one thing that needs to be destigmatized uh, in our society is those kinds of emotions because I have yet to meet a single person in my adult life who hasn't gone gone to that place in their head at least once mm -hmm. right um, at least once yeah explored that realm of, yeah a little bit yeah i think everyone's kind of been to gotten been in a place in a life and it's it's all relative too like we can look at people that have lots of money or people that are extremely poor and that relative emotion can affect rich people just as much as it can affect anyone right robin williams yeah a great example uh jim carrey yeah so yeah i agree with you i think everyone including myself has been to that point where yeah they they wonder if just you know going taking that option is the best route i think everyone's kind of been around that that thought or just kind of played around with it. But it is an interesting thing. Like it's, it's a complete reality change. It's a, it's a perception shift. It's a different paradigm you're in. Yeah. And I don't know how many people are listening to this or are going to listen, but just in case you need it, um, national suicide prevention line is one 800 and for those veterans out there that might be listening um, and you need need some help, seriously, uh, reach out to the VA. And if they're not available or you live too far away from a clinic or a hospital, uh, call the crisis line at 
8255 and press option one. Cool. So, yeah, just reach out, um, get a hold of those numbers, uh, get a hold of a friend. Even if you're g you feel like you're going to make them uncomfortable, it's better to say something rather than, you know, be another statistic. Yeah, and try to be around. Yeah, be around. Like in my personal experience, I know I just wanted to close myself off, be alone, not talk to anybody, like ignore messages, and that's like I know it sounds hard, but just reaching out to people and just having a dialogue, having a conversation. Um, it, it never, you never go away from that feeling worse. So I would say true. Sur surround yourself with good people true, and, and that will help you tremendously as well. Yeah. And, um, luckily for me, I'm on the other end of it now, but like I said, it's, uh, uh it is a, th it's a serious thing. And if, uh, if uh, we'll restate those numbers before we sign off today, just in case anyone needs them and missed them earlier. Uh, another another thing going on. I'm gonna kind of uh, do a heavy shifting of gears here. That's okay. Grinding the gears while uh, popping a J turn. Yep. Uh, we had my wife scheduled to fly down to Southern California for her friend's bachelorette party today. And she checked into into the flight, went through security, got to the gate, and the gate's like, oh, we oversold the flight and we don't have a seat for you. So, I I mean, I, I don't really know what's up with that, but that seems like at least, at the very least, they should hopefully be able to get her out tonight on, on a flight. Yeah. But... Um, how does how, this happens so frequently? It's frustrating. It, like companies will overbook because they sell tickets to like different vendors. I'm guessing. Yeah. And then the vendors overreport on the seats they sold, or it's just a mess. That system. Yeah. It's disgusting. Uh, I I don't really know how the algorithm works either, but. <laughs> It it seems like something that shouldn't happen, and if it does, one moment. It, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and this is this is this is uh this is ongoing. It's just frustrating, like flight companies, especially supposedly American Airlines is is notorious for it, but they will overbook flights, and then they will just they'll just tell people to leave. But it sounds like everything's good, so that's that's definitely good news. But yeah, it it really can uh, really can upset you just from a company making a small little decision for them can be a drastic decision uh, in your world. Yeah, it, well, the the biggest issue is is like this is somebody that's very important to us that we uh, was a close friend of us when we lived down in Southern California, and my wife wanted to be out there for her her bachelorette party we're going out for the wedding in a couple of months but it was like one way or another she was getting down there tonight even if i had to drive 12 hours to get her get her there by the morning so um i'm glad that that may not have to happen uh, yeah. it sounds like they've figured it out and the crisis is averted but 
it, still just to put somebody through that amount of worry, like regional flights aren't very expensive, but I mean, yeah, it needs to be monitored better. Yeah, it it really does cuz when you spend like $200 for a round trip ticket, I mean, $200 is not a lot of money, but it is a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like It's enough to expect an experience and when you don't get that like that's all they have to do. That's their whole company is flying people. And they can't even do that right sometimes. Like they always have overbooking issues, losing luggage. Like that's their only job. I don't know what they have to do to make it better, but like make it better. Yeah, and by the way, this company is Delta, Delta Airlines. Yeah, it happens just, with just spitting that out there. It happens a lot. Delta's gotten tons better from what I hear, but American Airlines apparently it's a, a daily thing where they'll just oh, overbook. They'll overbook and then cut ten people. Say sorry. What do they do with them? Uh, a lot of the time, what they'll do is, well, it depends. Sometimes they'll give you a, like a complimentary flight. Sometimes they'll upgrade you. That's a lot of the time. What they'll do is they'll just say. Uh, well, we can't get you there, and if you make a big enough fuss, I'll like put you in a hotel and then upgrade you the next day to like first class or. That's good. It it really depends. Like it now that we live in social media land where anyone could be a somebody and go on and tweet bad PR, they're being a lot more careful now, and uh, yeah, which is good. Transparency with those type of companies is good. Yeah. For the longest time, they could just treat you like shit, and you, you, who are you going to tell? Yeah. You're going to go on, like, CNN or Fox News or something? Yeah. Yeah, that that is one upside to this uh, AI network that you're worried about. Yeah. I'm just worried that not as many people are worried about it. I have a hard time worrying about it because it's not something I can change. Um yeah at least in any significant way right and i yeah i have come to that assumption too uh it's just i see the the herd of sheep being moved in a certain direction mm-hmm. and i feel like the black sheep in the in the like just looking around being like what is everyone why else has got to be a black sheep okay, um, okay why do you have to bring race into this all right fine it's a white sheep does that make you, <laughs> does it make you happy <laughs> uh but uh, no, I just feel like everyone is, is moving in this direction and I don't want to move in that direction. And maybe yeah. that makes me like the new old timer, like the people that just refuse to move with the times. But I think there's something to be said with giving up certain parts of that because we're losing touch with humanities. We're losing touch with communication and having meaningful relationships with people. Right. And I know how valuable that is in my life and I want other people to experience that, but no one wants to like everyone's predetermined and that's fine. Like I can't change it, but um, it's just, it's fascinating to me to watch it as it's happening. Cause uh, you know, everyone likes watching a train wreck. Yeah. It's really like watching a movie right now, but no one cares at all. Like we're in this capitalistic bubble where people don't give a shit about the environment, man. Look at the trail where everyone dropped trash yeah it's like just a few days ago yeah. we're living in virtual land now where everyone thinks their phone is a window into the life that they want to have or but think no they one, have yeah but in the end they can't 
do that without getting out and doing real shit. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that's really upset me, um, with social media as far as like, you know, being an outdoorsman, uh, goes cause 10 years ago I could go, um, to a crag to climb or on a trail and I'd see a few other people maybe and just a little like it'd be a little roughed up in the area, but like I'd never see empty water bottles sitting four miles off the highway. Yeah. You know, um, and now I see it all the time. Right. I, I see it all the time, no matter where I'm at in, yeah. in the, in the woods. Like I was in Sequoia national park last year and, uh, my wife and I went off on one of their more scenic trails probably hiked in one direction for an hour and a half found a fucking Ziploc bag out there. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't take that out with you. Yeah. Even if it blew in from somewhere else, that's something that can be crumpled up and stuck in your pocket. It like equals the size of a dime once you crumple it up, you know? Like, right. Yeah. And it, I think with social media being part of that, to get back to my point, sorry about the rant, um, is it, it started off with people that were like me or even better than me that just wanted to share the beauty of our world with everyone else. And yeah. so they took these amazing photos from mountaintops and, and stuff like that and they shared them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever have you. And everyone saw that and they're like, Oh man, that looks awesome. I want a sweet yoga pick in a sunset hanging off of a cliff, you know? Yeah. Because and, that gets likes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to be famous at the expense of what? Like everyone wants to be famous at the expense of doing some dumb stuff. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But it is pretty sad. We went on a hike to Enzyme Peak and there was just trash everywhere. And it's one of those things you see it, you know, it's a public trail. Everyone's allowed to go there. Everyone's welcome to go there. Um, but unfortunately, there are people out there that decide um, their their world is more important than everyone else. And it really, it's a narcissistic move. And if you go back deep enough, it's poor parenting. Poor yeah. parenting and poor education. And that's the big epidemic we have, I think. Yeah, I have a climbing buddy of mine. Uh, at the end of every climbing season uh, here in northern Utah, he'll he'll go out to um, the quote-unquote un classic routes where like it's like everyone that's starting to get into this because they want to seem hardcore on their Instagram or whatever – uh, go to and they're like oh check me out check me out doing this and that and he, like the last possible week of the season that he can get out there he goes out with garbage bags and he literally fills up a Toyota Tundra with trash that's insane every year that's at, sad at, at like five or six different crags and he'll do that every day for a week and um it it is it's it's really sad to me 
because I I love the the mountains. I love the woods, but it, just every time I go up and I see like these smart water water bottles just like lying off a trail somewhere it's like you couldn't really walk with that extra five ounces in your hand yeah and that's one thing i think ai could help with we're talking about manufacturing process if we can find out a way to make biodegradable everything yeah cans uh then it wouldn't be as much of a problem yeah like literally within 24 hours they would disintegrate or be biodegradable in some sense yeah i think uh, we're almost there um well it'd have to be a little longer than 24 hours you wouldn't get anything on the shelves with that um, that time frame but uh oh that's true yeah i i mean a true biodegradable product that would really work in my mind is something that had like that would have a shelf life of like three years yeah um because then it can be stored in a warehouse shipped sold sit on a shelf for a few months if no one's gonna buy it and then it's bought and if somebody tosses it yeah like, yeah that's a problem they toss trash into the woods but if no one sees that bit of trash two years down the road two and a half years one year whatever how long it sat on the shelf yeah that's gonna be gone right it's gonna be degraded and part of the environment again yeah i think there's various solutions and i think you know, where one can use the, the power of social media for evil and, you know, going out to those places and trashing them up, people can also take the same initiative and, you know, bring awareness to the issue through social media. So really, social media comes down to being a tool. And uh, some people use it for good, some people use it for bad. It's uh, And hopefully more people start using it for good and bringing that awareness and then hopefully we can solve some of this problem but sadly people just don't care yeah it's again parenting and education people aren't properly educated this doesn't affect me right now so i don't care yeah really it's i also think part of it's the like consumer mindset yeah like you have something, it breaks. Oh, that thing was only twenty bucks. I'm just gonna go buy a new one. Right. Um. So no one really looks at holding on to stuff and fixing it. Um, and no one values ownership anymore, even like yeah. owning anything. And so, I I think the biggest thing for me is if people are able to learn to have a healthy respect. For their immediate environment. And I'm I'm saying immediate environment as in like literally wherever they're standing right now. Yeah. Um, it, if you can do that, then you're – that that would be enough. Yeah. That would really be enough. I think long term we need to switch to a way that addresses – I think people should be way more stoked about local politics than federal. Because federal, yeah. it, it affects you so little, but it's what's being sold to you. And if people took more initiative to, like, write to their senators or House representatives, whatever. Or vote out Mike Lee. 
Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's really bringing like taking a bit of initiative. Just a tiny bit of initiative can go very far for your own community. If you decide, hey, in my town, I notice that there's this, you know, really eyesore place. Well, if you take the initiative into bringing like the anal tower in Murray. Sure, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> the one that has anal painted on the side of it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, if someone takes a little bit of initiative, you can make a huge, way bigger difference in your local community than you can federally, ever. Even if you are the president, right? You have more control as a civilian in your local community than the president has over your life. And that's what people aren't educated about. It's it's swapped. It's flip-flopped. Like, no one cares about state politics. A little more state politics. No one, no one bothers to go to like um, city council meetings. City council meetings, uh, different committee. There's all these different committees that you can report to as a as a citizen and express your concerns. And everyone wants to talk about politics, but no one's willing to like go in front of people and express their concerns to people that could actually change them. Yeah. So. More so awareness, man. People need to be aware that they have more power than they think they do. And if individuals are able to, like you said, make a drastic impact in your immediate environment and everyone does that, that fixes the problems. That's it right there. Yeah. We need to build stronger communities. Yeah. Because if if you take responsibility for the five to ten foot radius around you right now and just improve it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, there's seven and a half billion fucks on this earth yeah. that could just do that. Yeah. You times that by 10, that's 70 billion square feet. Um, but then you have like <laughs> the ocean problem with all the right and crap in there. And it's just sad. Yeah. The air quality. Um, Especially here. Yeah. Yep. It's it, especially here, yeah, with the inversion. The, this year it wasn't that bad, which I'm happy about. Yeah. There was a lot of precipitation. California got some precipitation this year. I'm shocked. Yeah, they just need to go out and clear out the undergrowth and all their forests now. Yeah. Do some controlled burns over this summer. So what's going on with all that burnt property, like at Malibu? If you do you I know anything know. about that? No. Oh, I, the last thing I heard was the big fires, and that's about the last I've heard about like it. Like Paradise? Yeah. The Paradise Fire? Yep. Yeah, that was up in Northern California. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that, that that took down a whole town. The town's gone. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. And it it's really sad, and it is uh, it, it was because we had a – an idea for like a hundred years of like uh, stopping a fire from spreading. And so it just allowed a lot of stuff to grow that could be used as fuel. Um, so you and I were talking the other day about taking one of our friends out shooting. Because yep. he uh, recently broke up with a girl that decided that his dick wasn't good enough. And wanted to get on somebody else's while still being on his. 
I guess, man. That's disgusting behavior. That's how you get diseases. That is how you get diseases. And again, it's not being considerate. Do you know that one mistake has probably hurt more people? Like, it has it has a rolling effect, like you yeah, were saying. Yeah, like the butterfly effect, yeah. Yeah, it affects several people around. So, you know, part of me is happy because now he can start with a fresh slate and, like, he's... he's Start being himself again. Well, yeah, he, he had this experience, and with any experience, you take certain things away from it. So... Can only hope the best for him. I, I, we all knew, in a in a way. Yeah. And that's the. She was just toxic, and I'm glad that she's out of his life. So. Yeah. Um, she seemed really nice when I first met her. Me too. Uh, um, but they pull the blinds over your eyes. Yeah, and. It, it's hard to be the the person on the outside looking in and yeah. seeing all the warning signs because you've either been through it yourself before or or whatever the case may be but then like you have that that person sitting in in the relationship that's blind to it or denying it completely because they don't they don't want it to be like that and yeah that's that's a really hard thing to watch but we're we're gonna try to get this guy out and go shooting with him hopefully make him feel better after he gets to shoot some holes in like random shit yeah that's the thing it's just being around people man like you were like like we were saying earlier it's being around people in a bad spot never hurts right never hurts but yeah man i uh yeah so again uh just uh for you guys out there this is cheap shot discussions. We are hopefully going to be doing this weekly and um, have some more bulleted points to talk about next time. Uh, but let's make this very clear too: we will not be taking one cheap shot of liquor. <laughs> let's make that very clear. I'm not touching cheap <laughs> bottom shelf liquor. No, that's how you get the the hangover the next day yeah and the numbers yeah i'm pulling up the numbers again um so for salt lake city va veteran crisis crisis line okay so national number 1-800-273-8255 and press number one again that's one 800 Two seven three, eighty two fifty five. Press number one. The VA in Salt Lake City eight zero one five eight two one five six five eight zero one five eight two one five six five. And the National Suicide Prevention Line is the same as the Veterans Crisis Line without the option one, one eight hundred, two seven three eight two five five, and always. Uh, don't be prideful. Reach out and help. Get some help when you need it. Words of wisdom, man. All right, cool. That's a wrap.